It's a dark time for the Republic. COVID-19 spreads across the galaxy like a vile plague. Because it, it is, it's a vile plague. However, we won't fight this mysterious menace with Jedi or clones. We'll fight it with soap. Beautifully scented lavender or maybe vanilla bean. Then we'll sanitize. Then we'll moisturize with cocoa butter and smell our fingers. And if we all keep our distance, these dark times shall pass. And a new glorious era will begin. But until then, we'll be thankful to those maintaining all of our vital infrastructures. From the galactic citizens operating trains and trucks and space haulers to deliver essential goods. To the doctors and nurses and frontline healthcare workers maintaining the Bacta tanks. To the sanitation workers and mouse droids keeping things clean. We are grateful for all that you do. And today, we'll have yet another episode where we discuss what type of content people are consuming with their downtime. Only this time we'll be focusing entirely on Star Wars and we'll be joined once again by my contemptible harpy of a producer, Deal of Alaskas. Hi, Fred. How are you? I'm all right. You uh, know, day day 43, I think. Wow, day 43. Now, you were our first COVID content contributor. We talked about the things that you were consuming during the shutdown, uh, and now it's been a month, so I'm assuming, given your downtime, you've got a whole new branch of things to discuss. Well, there's not a lot of downtime. We're still producing podcasts. Don't, you know, we don't need TV. We can do it from our closets. Yeah, exactly. Closets now. Yeah, we're still, yeah, we're still putting out content. So it's, I'm still working a lot. Still yeah. a lot of work, but, a lot of work. Uh, but yeah, on the off times, it's been a lot of Star Wars. I'm not gonna lie to you. I, you know, I'm glad you wanted to talk about Star Wars today because I also am in a massive Star Wars phase. My kids are cracking out on Star Wars everything. They have all kinds of Lego ships that they've built, and they have their own Star Wars fanfic universe that they call. Wait for it. Galaxy Wars. Um, there is Darth Ren. Uh, there is Kylo Vader. They have mishmashed everything. Luke Skywalker likes to fly the Millennium Falcon more than an X-Wing, but he has a tendency of crashing it. And this is how they explain away all the times that they have dropped it and the pieces that are missing. It's because Luke crashed it, Dad. That's why the pieces are missing. So I want to talk about Star Wars too. Now, I mean, in my house, I've been taking out my Sphero droids, um, and we can put links in the show notes if people actually care about this product, but they're like these really cool, very expensive toy droids that they made for adults, but slash kids, and I've been uh, tormenting my dog because he doesn't like them. <laughs> do you have a BB-8 or do you have an R2? I have the R2 unit, the BB-8, and the BB-9E. Oh, wow, BB-9. I have all three. Oh, well, look at you, la-dee-da. Now, you texted me quite aggressively the other day, hurt my, my sensitive sensibilities, about the need for me to watch the final season of Clone Wars. You think it's the greatest thing. You, you used my what I think is the most annoying phrase on social media. You did it in your Insta stories. You posted a picture of Ahsoka Tano, who I love and you know that I love. And you said, and I quote, this episode is 
everything. Really? Everything? It, if you were watching, was it D23 from last summer? They showed some of the footage of Clone Wars at D23, and I'm an Ahsoka Tano nerd, and so, of course, I was, like, live streaming it before live streaming was cool, you know, pre-COVID. Obviously. And so I was, like, live streaming it, and I remember the scene and I remember, like, rewind, rewatching it, I don't know how many times. Um, and it was when Rex and Ahsoka finally sort of, like, come back. I lost my mind then. And it happens in this episode. And then the most incredible way. And obviously, there was also on... I mean, I don't want to give any spoilers who haven't watched it, but there was like an R2-D2 moment. And as we know, as you know, anyways, R2 is the love of my entire life. And so like all of the things came together and I squealed. Good. I had to pause. The, I had to watch it, pause it, rewind it, watch it again three times before I could continue. Well, I love that. I think that's fantastic. Um, so yeah, it, it may have been annoying on social media, but it was everything to me. Okay, listen, it moment. can be everything to you, and I'm glad that it is. That's a great thing, and I'm I'm feeling emotional for you. I just hate when people <laughs> say this is everything because clearly it's not. Because we're talking about four other things today too. But the Clone Wars is your go-to crackout TV show uh, for anyone who hasn't watched Clone Wars but is a Star Wars fan. What is it that makes this such a standout series? Because you, I think you like it more than Rebels, and I don't understand that. Break it down for me. I don't like it better than Rebels, but I've just spent more time with Clone Wars. Absolutely. It's like three times the size, man. So, so yeah. So, like, I don't like, I mean, I've been, I, the la- final season of Clone Wars is currently happening. So, that's why I'm, like, super hyped. Um, what do I love about it? Well, I think it gives so much more depth to the prequels. Like, it makes me appreciate the prequels more by watching Clone Wars. Like, I hated them and I couldn't watch them, but now because I've watched Clone Wars, I can kind of revisit those prequels and not have as much hate for it. Can you say Clone Wars again? Clone Wars. So you put the emphasis on wars rather than clone. You know? It's like my mom when she says root beer. She goes, root beer. Okay. Anyways, I'm just saying. I'm just pointing it out. It's just something that I noticed so far. So well, that's did you great. like? Did, now, like listeners can really talk about it in the reviews and complain about me and how I say Clone Wars. That's something the internet does. But when the show <laughs> came out, like when Clone Wars first started, was there a hesitance with you to give it a go at all? Hundred percent. I was not into it at all. I was like, I was a purist. I need it. I, I was like, I don't want to deal with any of these dorky cartoons. I don't like the animation. It's so blocky. I don't like any of it. Like, I was completely out. I was not into it at all. And then I was like, fine. I'll, I think it was you, actually. You started, like, harping on me about it. And um, and then I ended up, it was on Netflix at the time. Yeah. And so I jumped on and I binged it. And that's when I was like, oh, forget it. So Hook, bef- line, and sinker. I'm in it. Before that happened, like, you didn't even know who Ahsoka Tano was, and now she's your number one. I know you, Ahsoka Tano is your absolute favorite. Yeah, 100%. I adore- In all fairness, like, those first few seasons of Clone Wars, 
she's annoying. She's tough to get through. I think as a first season that she's particularly rough when she's, um, you know. Because she's a child. She's a child and she's really annoying and it feels very child. Like that's what I think I had the problems with the cartoons is that it felt very kitty. Like it was for an audience that was going to buy the little toys. Like it felt childish and in a way like Harry Potter, it grows with the audience. So it actually very quickly became a much more almost adult show dealing with like a lot of really sort of emotional moments. Like when you get towards, was it season six? No, season five and six, when we actually see the full arc of, uh, of Ahsoka's sort of departure, if you will, from the Jedi, Jedi Order is like, it's really you feel for her like it's it's fascinating i actually ended up loving the cartoon way more than i thought it would now that's interesting you talk about how annoying she is because i felt the same way but i think that completion of a character arc is one of the things i love about her the most they tried to make you kind of irritate but still empathize with anakin skywalker in the movies and it's difficult to do given the amount of time that you have in a movie versus a series i will always say that no one has a more complete arc out of any facet of Star Wars isms than Ahsoka Tano, period. That's why she's were it not for my childhood love of Darth Vader, I think she'd probably be number one as well. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And that's why it's so nice. The my only issue is that I wish I had been like a real dorky purist and been like, okay, I'll only watch Clone Wars until Clone Wars is completed and then pivot to Rebels. But I didn't. I kind of did Clone Wars up until the late, like whatever was available. Then I switched to Rebels, and now I'm back into the Clone World, Clone War, <laughs> Clone World. War World, World World. Um, and so now I regret doing that because the payoff of what happens in Rebels is so delicious that I wish I had sort of continued with this timeline before I moved on. Yeah. When you talk about like a coming of age story, I feel like Ahsoka Tano and Ezra Bridger from Rebels have a very similar kind of uh, growth arc that Ezra's kind of annoying too. He starts off older though, so I don't think you get that childlike annoyance level with Ahsoka Tano that you have with Rebels. And also I think they had a much more defined mission statement with Rebels from the very beginning than they did when they started with Clone Wars, which jumped around a lot in terms of timelines. And I felt like they used that from time to time as a crutch. Some people say it's really cool the way they departed and then you'd go somewhere else and then you come back. And I always felt like that was the writers looking for a better storyline for the characters they had on the plate right now. And they just went to the vault. You know what I mean? They had a cookie jar. Whereas Rebels was just straight ahead, the get-go. And there's a character on Rebels, uh, Kanan, who I think has an arc that's almost as good, if not better, than Ahsoka Tano's. It's still incomplete, but it is complete, and I don't want to give anything away. Just, I love it when characters suffer, you know? And the implication of suffering and the weight that they carry. And with Kanan, you know that underneath the surface... He's falling apart until the very end, and it's fantastic to watch. That's why Rebels, for me, I give a bit of an edge. The characters are stronger, and they're dealing with more things, and it's also tighter storytelling, you know? But Chopper is a psycho. Oh, (laughs) absolutely he's a psycho. I think that adds to it, you know? 
Uh, Agreed. I, I didn't really fully like that was the other thing with like the biggest reason why I was kind of had a preference towards Clone Wars is the fact that you had R two D two, and on Rebels it's Chopper. Like that's kind of it. And I had a tough time liking Chopper off the get go, and then my appreciation for Chopper when he becomes a complete psycho is my favorite. Like he, there are, I think I even recorded a reaction to a thing that happened in one of the seasons. I lost my mind. I love him. That it was that, that was my turning point for Chopper and the series. So it's uh, Chopper was the pivot point for you. To me, it's all about, it all comes down to droids. Droids are my number one love. Like if I, like when I'm playing Battlefront, I will completely lose my mind if I see a mouse droid come through, like I will completely not pay attention to whatever it is that I'm doing because a mouse droid comes by. Like that's how <laughs> important the droids are to my life. Um, but yeah, it was like a big chopper was like the big turning point. And then when he became like really a fun character to watch that turned it around for me. Now let's move on to another facet of star Wars. This is something that I have harped on you personally for years. And I am hopeful that one day you will dive into the Thrawn trilogy, the original Thrawn trilogy that came out back in the late 80s from Timothy Zahn, uh, and it gave us the introduction of Grand Admiral Thrawn, who ends up becoming one of the main villains, if not the main villain, in Star Wars Rebels. You started it, couldn't get into it. Explain why. Because this, I, I think when I say you couldn't get into it, there's some nerd leaning into their keyboard, but you have a great reason why you couldn't get into it. So there's a couple of things. First of all, you gave me the complete, all three books as a gift. And I balked at it. I was like, absolutely not. I will not read these books. I am not this kind of a nerd. And that made me feel bad. But it's also because like when, for reading, I'm not a huge fan of sci-fi. Like it's just, I prefer fantasy weirdly to sci-fi. Like I don't reading sci-fi to me i just i don't i it's not something that i gravitate to but i figured you know there is a pandemic i got a bit of time can't be on screens all the time can't be watching tv all the time so like what am i gonna do i've got these books let me dig in and then you recommended the heir to the empire what's the last heir to the empire the heir to the that's, that's the first book in the series it's the first one. I thought it was the third one. Anyways, so I started. I was like, fine, here we go. I'll try it. I gave it a shot. And I am having cognitive issues. Like, I know it's really weird, but because of this constant sort of stress that we have of the unknown and a bit of the anxiety that comes along with living through a pandemic, um, I just... I. Re- retaining information is really hard. Um, and so I found, I, I attempted it two or three times to get through the first page. And I would finish reading a page and I'd be, it'd be like as if nothing had got, it's like as if I have memento problems, like short-term memory, me- okay, short-term memory and long-term memory. Like it's just not, I can't retain information. And so it became really frustrating to try and read the book because I just couldn't do it. You know what we're going to do next week? Next week, Next week's episode, I'm going to read the first chapter 
of Heir to the Empire. That's the that's the podcast next week. I'm reading the first chapter of the book. And you're going to have to listen to You're going to, I'm going to, no, I'm going to read it. And there's going to be sound effects. And we're going to get Robbie J to like put all kinds of stuff into it. It's going to sound really good. You're going to feel immersed. You're going to feel like you're part of it. I'm telling you. And then you're going to want to read the rest of it. Because if you've never read that trilogy, it's what's so important about the Thrawn trilogy that Timothy Zahn put out back in the 80s was that it was the first big breakdown of the Clone Wars. And it's all broken down in such a unique way compared to the way it happened in the movies. And we talked about this uh, in our very first episode about the cult of the Mandalorian. And he broke it down where if there was a great soldier, you cloned him. If there was a great pilot, you cloned him. If there was a great Jedi... You cloned them. But the problem is that clones, because of their accelerated growth, go crazy when they come in contact with the Force. So if you clone a Jedi because they're so strong with the Force, they go completely batshit crazy. And that becomes a massive factor in the book. And you don't even know what Thrawn is up to. You have no idea what he's trying to do until the very last paragraph of the second book. And at that point, you're like, my God, it was in front of me the entire time. And in terms of great uh, character introductions, because they really sort of that was the beginning of the expanded Star Wars universe. You know, there was lots of speculation, but this was the first stamp on it. This is it. This is what happened. They introduced more smugglers, a really cool guy, a Talon card, who was like, he was sort of like like a South American Lando Calrissian is the best way to describe him. Like, he loves to dance, he loves music, he loves to party, he never breaks down in his word, he's not really a criminal, he's more of a smuggler, he's a good guy. And he's got like this crew, and in his cadre, unbeknownst to him is the Emperor's other apprentice, who is the biggest casualty of the great Disney call. And when Disney got rid of the expanded universe, the character that I was most upset about losing, who has never been duplicated, and I don't think they can, is Mara Jade. Mara Jade was the Emperor's other apprentice that he was training to kill Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker because he knew that Vader still had the light in him and he knew that Luke would break Vader and make him come back to the light. And so Mara Jade was his psycho assassin who was out there to kill Luke and I don't want to explain how any of it goes... Because I might just, actually read the books. You better read the books. They're amazing. <laughs> and and that, like, I think what can push people away from that trilogy now is the confusion about the Star Wars timeline. And you were the one who said we should really talk about Star Wars timelines and confusion. But what is it exactly you wanted to get at with it? So with that is because, particularly because in Clone Wars, the current season we're getting towards like the revenge of the Sith. Like it is, I feel like the timelines are getting pretty close, if not overlapping. So, and obviously they're not talking about Mandalorian season two, if, and when production gets up and going on that. 
Well, they're working on three worked. right now. They've made the, all the pre-production is going forward with three. I think that a lot of two was finished before the shutdown. My theory is that a lot of it was finished, and I think they might actually be working on stuff now because if you didn't know, they're not doing a lot of on-set on location shooting they're filming inside um it's like a, a semicircle of ultra 8k hd screens and so when yeah, you think everything. yeah everything's pre- it's all filmed in a studio and i think that they could probably operate cameras remotely i don't know if they are but i don't know i'm hopeful i've got a dream dealer i've got a dream Fair, but because of Mandalorian, I think when the Mandalorian came out, I was like, when is this happening? Is this after the da-da-da? So I think if we just did a quick timeline check of like when all of these things are happening, okay, my- it might help me as I'm heading into the last like two or three episodes of Clone Wars and then Rebels comes after that. Okay, yeah. So the way it all works is uh, Phantom, well, way back, you got the Old Republic. Thousands of years ago, the Old Republic, the Sith-Jedi Wars and all that stuff, the Mandalorian Wars with the Jedi too. They talk about that in the original Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic video game from Canadian Bioware before they were bought by EA. We don't need to talk about it right now. But um, the Old Republic, and then you fast forward to the Phantom Menace, and then you've got Attack of the Clones. And in between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, you've got the Clone Wars series, and you've got the Clone Wars, Gendy Tartarovsky, animated movies and the frustrating thing about those is if you want to do the timeline properly there's two of those movies from Kenny Tartarovsky there's the first one and then after that uh, you've got the Clone Wars series okay so it goes Kenny Tartarovsky's hand animated Clone Wars movie one the series then that series all has to take place in between Gendy Tartarovsky 1, Gendy Tartarovsky 2, because the second one concludes sort of, I think Rogue One actually borrowed from this, the last shot of that movie from Gendy Tartarovsky leads directly into uh, Revenge of the Sith. It Like the next scene, because a lot of the big action sequences in that one feature Jedi trying to keep uh, em- uh, like Senator Palpatine or whatever he was called. Was it Senator? Was he called Senator? Chancellor Palpatine. Chancellor Palpatine. Chancellor. Keeping the Chancellor from being abducted uh, by Grievous. And then, of course, he does. And then that's how it ends on this dark ending with the big rescue mission happening. So it's a scene to scene. So the Clone Wars series has to take place in between those two movies. Otherwise, the timeline gets a little bit wonky. Uh, so this is where this season is a little bit... Yeah. So what happens in this season? Wonky still. Um, well, it's... it's. I mean, I don't, people are still probably watching it. So well, we, we don't need to go into, into all too the... Too much. Don't get spoilery. But we- they do... Um, we're kind of getting into so Ahsoka Tana comes back that we knew because D23 shared that like you know however like a year and a bit ago um, and she's also now, in all the promo footage so if you didn't yeah, realize it like, you should know it's everywhere it's fine um, so she comes back but she comes back to Coruscant be- with three Mandalorians who were part of the Death Watch and so they're now trying to deal with Darth Maul and they're going to Mandalore. So like that's kind of where 
we are at right now. Um, and I think the the battle for Mandalore, I think, is going to start soonish. Well, a lot of that stuff gets dealt with in the Rebels series because Rebels takes place after Revenge of the Sith. The Empire is now in control, and it takes place in the five years leading up to the Battle of Yavin 4. Like, that's where it builds up. And it actually... There's a scene in Rogue One where the U-Wing that they're flying in Rogue One is on the tarmac at the temples at Yavin 4. And right next to it, it's on the bottom left of the screen, is the ghost, the ship from Rebels. And that scene takes place in Rogue One. And there's also stuff happening in that scene in Rebels. Like, it all ties in. And Saw Gerrera is a character, the like Forrest Whitaker's character from... Uh, Rogue One is in multiple episodes of Rebels and his arc, again, just uncompromising characters are so fascinating to watch, even when you don't like them and their motivation makes total sense. And you're like, you're not you're not wrong. What you're saying is not exactly wrong. I don't agree with it, but you're not wrong. That's the type of character Saw Gerrera is. Uh, and the timelines kind of flub around with those two series as well. And then you've got the... The, the very last shot of Rogue One leads directly into A New Hope, like scene for scene, shot for shot. They go right into each other. Then you've got Empire. Then you've got Return of the Jedi. And that's that concludes with the big battle on Endor. Then five years after. Now, this is where there's a big departure for me. In as a as a fan of the original expanded universe, that to me is the big pivot point because the original Thrawn trilogy takes place a few years after Endor, and the opening scene of the book, which we will read next week, by the way, um, features Thrawn breaking down how huge of a loss that battle was for the Empire. But how, through his tactical genius, he's managed to carve his own empire. Because in that book, they established that the empire is huge. It's millions of planets. Like, millions. They've got tens of thousands of Star Destroyers. There's like 30,000 plus Star Destroyers in the galaxy. Those numbers are crazy. So if you destroy just the Emperor, and you destroy the Death Star, and his flagship, the Executor, which was Vader's personal ship... You're not destroying the Empire. It's still out there. The problem is it's without leaders. The best captains, the best officers were all on the executor. And the loss of that battle wasn't the Emperor, wasn't Vader or the Death Star. It was the leadership capabilities that came with the executor. Because if they'd only been able to redistribute all those officers... The emperor would have, the empire would have survived easily, but all that loss of middle management and leadership was a huge <laughs> impact. And Thrawn breaks it down brilliantly. And so the empire was fragmented, not fragmented, but divided into fiefdoms would be the best term. And in each of those fiefdoms, there was somebody who was in control and answered only to the emperor they had total control to do whatever they wanted in their system provided the emperor was getting his tithes and getting his money and everything was okay when he needed soldiers he didn't care and one of those sectors was thrawn's and the republic cannot get in because thrawn is that good you know that's the premise so right yeah you you just gave me the move on right 
is what you did. <laughs> I heard that. that. By the I way, totally did. you did. percent. So, but because mostly, I just want to talk about like this theory that I have, which is why I want you to li- watch the new Clone Wars. Okay, you, <laughs> this is the, I need somebody else. You tell people your theory. It's a good theory. I don't agree with it because, but it's like, good. my what 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 do you know? Okay, I theory. IMDb, buddy, but keep going. Okay, so I'm part of these death watchers that kind of show up in clone wars there's a voice in one of them that sounds very 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 familiar to the armor from mandalorian like it sounds it there's a very similar voice out of one of them the one that kind of makes the armor for the mandalorian in the new series and if they're Rumors are that obviously that Ahsoka Tano is going to be making it her leap onto the Mandalorian. And we know that the Darksaber is already on the Mandalorian. Spoiler alert. Um, then I guess you should say spoiler alert before that. Anyways, then I feel like maybe this season of Clone Wars is connect. Is We're going to see some payoffs on season two of The Mandalorian. I don't know if that's necessarily true. Um, I don't, I'm not going to say, oh, it's impossible. I don't know. It's entirely possible that she is the the actual armorer. Now, the armorer, the Mandalorian queen, I guess, um, she is uh, played by uh, an American actress. Emily Swallow is her name, despite the accent. Mm-hmm. She is, in fact, American. Uh, she does not do the voice of the character you're talking about uh, from Rebels or uh, the Clone Wars, because that character also appears in Rebels as well, by the way. And they deal with a lot of Mandalorian stuff in Rebels and how Mandalore is fractured and civil wars and some people are with the Empire and some aren't, but they're too... They're too defeated and too broken a people to really rise up and resist Mm -hmm. at that point. Uh, I'd love to see some backstory in between the two. But the main reason I don't think your theory works is she takes off her helmet all the time. (laughs) She's always taking her helmet off. When did that happen? But I don't know if it's Is this the new? Is this the new Mandalorian thing that now we've got to go back to the old ways and wear the helmets because this is how we're going to survive now is that what they're trying to get at i don't know i mean i'll i mean there's still like what three or four episodes left in the season so maybe and a lot of it will have to deal with the mandalorians so we'll see but all i know is that there's three characters that show up and one of the voices i was like oh she sounds familiar um, so like, of course, now I'm going to have to do a f- complete rewatch of this then <laughs> Rebels, and now, of course, the Mandalorian just to catch up. Okay. Uh, we've got time for one more thing. Uh, okay. since we're, we're staying in star Wars, we did the timeline, we did the book, clone wars, all that video games. Are you playing star Wars video games now too? Cause you were all about control last time. What do you want now? I mean, I'm always, my fallback is always, um, battlefront. Battlefront 2, I guess. Now, is this um, Battlefront for, like, the PS4, or PS4, is this Battlefront PS4. for, like, PS2, Xbox One? PS4. Okay. Yeah. Really? That's my fallback. Do you play yeah. online, or do you just play the campaign? 
I play online usually with my best friend in Edmonton. <laughs> we jump on and play together. Okay. So do you do well on this? Because I, I yeah. tried Battlefront 2 and I thought I, I thought it was really pretty. But I've talked about this because I've talked about video games a few times. There's just something about not getting to make my own character that kind of just – it just – Eh, give me an option. It's just, there's something about it. I, that was honestly, I think the only reason I was okay with Assassin's Creed Odyssey or any of the Assassin's Creed games is because that's what it is. That's what you get into. Uh, but I find with the the new Star Wars games, there's just, I feel like I'm being pushed to follow their story so much that it does never feel like it's mine, if that makes any sense. I'm not experiencing a story for me. I'm experiencing a story that somebody really wants me to take part in. But it's not. Yeah, I don't. Me. I don't disagree with you on on Battlefront. Like that's definitely the case. And to be clear, my best friend would say that I am, in fact, the worst video game player in the history of the whole planet across the universe and Dude, galaxies. I'm terrible. In fact, he has said that exactly. I'm like, terrible. Terrible. I, no, I'm, I'm up there with you, buddy. I'm terrible awful. too. That's why I was wondering if you played online because you're braver than I am. I'm, I don't. No, I play online like across, like with like a friend. And then we may join another campaign, but like we're not actually playing with you know real people because we suck. We're not good. I mean, he's much better than I am, but I'm absolutely terrible. So I'm actually playing an online game too. I'm playing the uh, Bioware EA MMORPG Old Republic, and it started because I got kids. They're super into Star Wars, and their friends are super into Star Wars. And I've got a buddy. He actually works for a computer company, and he built these two little Frankenstein computers for his kids so that they could each play that game together online. And so now I have accounts for my kids so they can play online with their two little buddies down the street. So now all four of them are playing this MMORPG Star Wars game, and they're all talking via headset on Discord, and it gives them some socialization with kids that aren't just in the house, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's also cool in that there, it's a really good game. Like, it, you can do free-to-play or you can do uh, a paid account or whatever. They're just doing free-to-play. Uh, and they're they're making their own little Jedi. And there's all different types of Jedi you can be. You can be, like, a tank. You can be an offensive guy, a healer, uh, a, a sneaky guy. And they love playing it all together. And you get to make your own character. And it's so customizable. And because it's an MMORPG, like, it's huge <laughs> there's the whole galaxy is out there for for them to explore and they're absolutely loving it and last night because i i try to play it too so that if they get stuck i can help them along because kids get impatient when things are new and they get frustrated as much as they love it they get frustrated and they'll lose interest so but so do adults like yeah. let's be fair but like, it's dude I, it's worse with kids battlefront battlefront i i am so bad at the game that if I'm not playing with my friend, I will probably not touch it because I am so terrible at it. Like, just awful. It's a first-person shoot. This is, I think you'd like this more, to be honest. You could play with my youngest, who I know you adore. You guys could play together as Jedi if you wanted. And the, you can duel other players. And this is my amazing story about me playing, because I play after they go to bed so I can get my character ahead and find things for them and send them gifts and equipment so that they can keep going. And I got challenged to a duel. And I got worked. 
And then the kid started chirping me. And I say kid because this kid was probably like eight years old. And he beat the crap out of me. And it was terrible and embarrassing. And he said, and I quote, this was the easiest victory of my life. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty great. Yeah, that's that's it. I think that's how we're going to end it with me being humiliated by a child. That's about right. So, you've just been given a bunch of reasons why Star Wars is your perfect companion when you're looking to binge, be it TV, movies, games, or books. And, as I said multiple times throughout the cast, in next week's episode, we'll be doing a full reading of the first chapter of Heir to the Empire by Timothy Zahn. That's next week on Issue Zero. Issue Zero.